Welcome to another edition of the Tom Green Podcast. In this episode, the good old National Basketball Association is back in session tomorrow. And a lot of things have have been different since the last time we talked NBA. So I brought in someone from the state of Ohio who has some knowledge with the NBA and I and I will I will assure you that this is not a Les Stan or somebody that thinks LeBron is a god. But let's be honest, LeBron's a great player. He's just not what NBA Twitter thinks he is. Because we all know that NBA Twitter knows all. He is Tony Peters. He writes prep for the state of Ohio basketball. Welcome to the show, Tony. Hey, thanks for having me on, Tom. I'm, I'm definitely excited to talk basketball with you today. Definitely. So tell us a little bit about your uh, prep writing for Ohio Hoops. Yeah, so I'm a journalist for Prep Hoops Ohio. Uh, I cover mainly uh, the Dayton area and Cincinnati on the boys' high school basketball scene. I really cover anything and everything that is high school basketball in Dayton. I do individual scouting reports and scouting notes on specific players. I do a lot of uh, team previews and conference previews for the multiple leagues and conferences across the, the Dayton area. And really, I'm doing everything I can that I can bring as much exposure to as many players as I can in Southwest Ohio. I've always been a firm believer that there truly is a lot of talent in Southwest Ohio. Uh, some of it at the D1 level, like you know Luke Kennard, who, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about him a little later on, I'm sure. Um, and then other guys that maybe aren't as high known at the Division One level. But there's just so much talent in this area, and I just love being able to uh, give as much exposure to as many guys and help them get as many looks by as many colleges as possible. Definitely. And now in this day and age with social media and how writing can writing can spread across the national uh, the national stage, uh, this definitely helps a lot of people in Southwest Ohio as well as for myself, Central Michigan, to which I do I do the PA for Essexville Garber basketball, and we've had. Really, the only talent we've had basketball-wise, and I'm not, and I'm not saying Garber's not talented. I'm saying I'm talking about D1 slash NBA level. Really, John Matthews is the only one that's really done a lot from Garber basketball, and he played only at the D2 level in football. So, unfortunately, our school doesn't have the college basketball slash NBA to, to level of talent, but covering them is great. Doing the PA for them is great, and I'm sure that. And Southwest Ohio, it's great doing coverage there, and especially at a higher level than here in Central Michigan. <laughs> oh, for sure. And, I mean, there were just in this last NBA draft, we had two guys from the Cincinnati area that were drafted in Jackson Hayes to the uh, New Orleans Pelicans and Darius Baisley to uh, the uh, – where'd he go? Uh, I'm drawing a blank where Baisley went. Oh, the Thunder. And getting to watch them play in high school and just seeing how they were uh, – head and toe much better than everyone they played against and getting to watch them play night in and night out and then watching them do the same thing at the collegiate level or in Baisley's case just the workouts in the offseason and seeing him continue to do that it's definitely fun to follow definitely so with that being said we focus our conversation here to the NBA as like I said the season opens tomorrow with two good games uh, Toronto and New Orleans as well as the Battle of L.A. Lakers and Clippers. So uh, we're going to start off with a winner and loser of the offseason because the offseason is just about as dramatic as the regular season and finals themselves, at least 
<laughs> so the, at least the media and NBA Twitter says so. Um, so let's start off with the winner. Who who won this the off season of 2019? Well, I had from the Eastern Conference. I think to me it was a pretty obvious one: the Brooklyn Nets uh, getting two big names like Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Anytime you can add those type of players to a team, it's always going to help yourself. Now, in their case, with Durant being out for most of the year with that Achilles injury, they'll have to wait a year on that. But getting Kyrie Irving, as long as he's able to keep a level head and not uh, separate the locker room like he had supposedly done with Boston, uh, I think he's going to really help that Brooklyn team and you throw in the fact that he's got guys like Spencer Dinwiddie and Karis LeVert coming back as well on that team. I think that adding those guys are definitely uh, going to make the Nets a, a, a contender, not just in the Atlantic division, but they could actually make some noise uh, in the Eastern Conference as well. Gotcha. My winner of the Eastern Conference, I'd have to agree, would also be the Brooklyn Nets because let's let's be honest about Kyrie. Kyrie didn't want to play for Boston. And when, when it was very apparent, as far as if you see the records with and without Kyrie under Brad Stevens, uh, Ky- Kyrie unfortunately did not want to be in that locker room, and he finally found a good place to play in Brooklyn. Let's see if he keeps a, revel- a level head. Remember, Kyrie, the earth is round, not flat. As far as Kevin Durant goes, uh, Durant's obviously suffered the Achilles injury, and he's going to be out for the year. So if I were Brooklyn... You definitely won the offseason, but give it some time. Let Atkinson do his work as he has done the past few seasons with this group. I definitely see playoffs. Let's let's put the let's let's pump the brakes right now on finals or championship for the for this moment because um, Durant is injured. He's not going to be back this season. If they try to rush him back like Golden State did, and understandably so for Golden State with the finals, but if they try to rush him back, it could cost KD his career. So, definite winner is Brooklyn. I would go second place Boston. It's because, one, they added by subtracting Kyrie, because, like I said, Kyrie really didn't want to be in that locker room. And they got a player in Kemba Walker who plays very similar to Kyrie. All he, all the the real difference is he he's two years older. Kemba will want to be in that locker room, and Kemba will play much better for Boston. Well, he did he played well in Charlotte. He played very well in Charlotte, but Kemba will be the force that Kyrie was supposed to be in Boston. I definitely agree with that. With the Celtics being second, and also on that same note, I mean, you also got to remember they got Carson Edwards in the yes. draft. The the guard from Purdue, and he's been having – he had a great uh, showing in the preseason. And then also throw in there, you got Taco Fall, the 7'6 rookie from UCF. And, I mean, anytime you put a 7'6 guy on a team, whether it's the NBA or FIBA or high school, college, I mean, he's going to make an impact. And and Fall had a really good uh, summer league. And, and, you know, you add those guys. Again, they're young, so they're going to need some time to gel with the leadership. But – I think Carson Edwards will give Kemba Walker a good uh, backup at that point guard slot. So when Kemba does come out, you still have a really good weapon in here at Edwards. If you're a Big Ten fan like I am, and I'm assuming you are too, uh, Carson Edwards definitely gave you nightmares if you didn't, if you weren't a Purdue fan. He'll be giving the Atlantic Division nightmares <laughs> for the oh, Celtics, for sure. <laughs> and for, for Taco Fall as well. So big guys like him. Believe it or not, have not had the greatest of success in the NBA. 
Look at, look at Yao Ming. Yes, he's... Yao Ming was great, but he, he didn't last. Seven foot six players really don't last. Let's see if Taco Fall can change that narrative. So Western Conference, winner of the West. I actually had two there in the West. Sure. Uh, the first one, uh, again, I'm sure it's an obvious one, the Clippers. Mm-hmm. You get a guy like Kai, uh, Kawhi Leonard, and you know he's, such a, he's one of the best two-way players, I think, in the league. You add him and Paul George to uh, a lineup that already had the likes of Patrick Beverly, Montrez Harrell, um, you have um, Lou Williams as your sixth six man a year ago. You bring those type of talent in, you've got, in my opinion, the best defensive team in the NBA, and I'm a big component on defense wins championships, and you've got a great coach in Doc Rivers to do that. So I think adding Paul George and Kawhi Leonard was uh, makes the Clippers a winner. My other winner was the Utah Jazz. And again, it's the whole addition uh, – theme we're going with here they got mike conley in the offseason i think conley is that missing piece the jazz needed to uh take the next step in the going in the western conference obviously the the early exit against the rockets last year in the playoffs is uh something they don't want to repeat but adding conley in there with an already dynamic playmaker like donovan mitchell and having a, a big man like Rudy Gobert that he can dish the ball to, I think Conley will do a lot more than just bring uh, scoring to the Utah. It'll also uh, allow him, like I said, to let Mitchell get more involved and um, give Gobert uh, another guard to get the ball to him too. Gotcha. Utah, the Utah Jazz are exactly like Washington Huskies football. They're a very good team, but nobody talks about them. <laughs> you have you have Donovan Mitchell, and you have you have. Um, Kyle Korver as well, if he's if he's still there. And you added, um, like you'd said, Mike Conley, and you have a defensive force in Rudy Gobert. That's a definite four-seater better in the West. Looking at the Clippers, uh, the Clippers I had the obvious winner as well of this of this offseason, adding Kawhi and PG. And Kawhi, <laughs> Kawhi has got a lot of power in the NBA. If you've seen some of the articles in the offseason, Steve Ballmer went to Kawhi and said, I want you to be on my team. Kawhi said, sure, I'll be on your team. Make it better. And Steve Ballmer decided to get Paul George, which he is out for four weeks, I believe it is, to start the season. But the Clippers definitely improved their team enough to to lure Kawhi in, <laughs> as well as to make them a force in the Western Conference with Doc Rivers as their head coach. Another, another sleeper winner here, I think, New Orleans Pelicans. Now they're not going to be the huge, you know, championship contender. But they what they did is they traded with the Lakers, Anthony Davis, who that was one of the most awkward breakups I have ever seen in in life, I'd say, um, with Anthony Davis keeping him for the rest of the season. But they got a solid young core with Lonzo Ball and some of the Lake uh, some of the Lakers, we can call them rejects with Zion Williamson who they drafted, which unfortunately Zion's out for six to eight. But they could they could become a they could become a playoff contender, one. And two, they could they could perhaps challenge for a four or five seed if that young core gels immediately. Now it might not. But if I were a Pelicans fan, I would be looking positively at this at this trade because you got it's another addition by subtraction. You got rid of Anthony Davis who didn't want you and you got a young solid core. 
Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. It, it is a bummer to see that we're not going to see Zion for the six to eight because I mean he was he was showing us in the preseason that that explosiveness that made the Pelicans mm-hmm. want to take him with that number one pick. I definitely agree with you. Um, my big thing though will be is if Lon- can Lonzo Ball uh, be that electric player that he kind of we were known that he, we were believed that he would be. Uh, when, when he came to the league, I don't think he's really ever gotten to his potential yet. I don't think he was as great with the Lakers as people thought. So hopefully a new, a new look team uh, will, will give him that edge to finally show us what he's capable of doing. And for the love of God, LeVar Ball, just GTFO, please. We don't want to hear from you. Amen to that. (laughs) So with that being said, the losers of the offseason. With winners come losers. Who's the loser? Um, I'll start with the East on this one. To me, I think it's the Washington Wizards. And and I say that because I feel like this offseason, if they wanted to get better, they needed to go get um, a big name with the free agency or make a trade to just kind of strengthen their team. I think with uh, John Wall being such a a question mark with his injuries in the past. They needed somebody that can complement Bradley Beal, and I feel like that they didn't really do that. I do like Rui Hachimura, who they got in the draft. I think Hachimura is a uh, under the radar uh, uh, forward that really is going to help them in the paint, but he can't do it by himself. And if you look at their roster, they really don't have any big time post players and I although you made the comment in the beginning about Taco Fall that you know sometimes the big man doesn't do as well in the NBA I still think you got to have some sort of size and they just the Wizards just didn't get that and really didn't get anything to really strengthen their team gotcha yeah the Wizards were a definite loser as well um really the loser of the offseason is a team that decides to stay in neutral the Washington Wizards did that I feel the Piston, the Pistons sort of and sort of didn't do that. I mean, they got Derrick Rose, but they, they look the Pistons look like a team that would definitely compete for the championship. Dot 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 in 2011, 2012. <laughs> this is 2019. They are seven years older. I hope to God you got this right, Dwayne Casey. But I'm not too confident about this as the Pistons have waived Joe Johnson. Another team is Atlanta. Vince Carter staying for a 21st season. Great. Vince Carter, Vince Carter's a Hall of Famer. He shot threes in the in the preseason. But is this going to help improve your team or are you in tank mode once again? It got you Trey Young. Good for you. But at some point you gotta compete for a championship and not compete to tank. Washington, Detroit, Atlanta. Do stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I think with the Hawks, though, I do, I did like their their draft pick. They got DeAndre Hunter uh, coming yeah. from Virginia. They needed a winner, and I think DeAndre Hunter is exactly that—a winner coming from Virginia. And he's not anywhere close to Kawhi Leonard uh, defensive mentality. But I think he is. DeAndre is one of the better two-way players that came out of that this last draft. And I think with continued development and good coaching, he could I mean he could potentially be as good as a defender as Kawhi is. But Atlanta's gotta put guys around him that are gonna help him with that. 
Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, yeah, drafting a winner helps the culture. And Atlanta did that with DeAndre Hunter. And boy, is that a redemption story from Virginia. Losing to UMBC in the first round, being the first ever one seed to go out in the first round of the NCAA tournament and come right back the next year and win the national championship. Wonderful redemption story for them. <clears throat> so, loser of the Western Conference. I've got two yet again on this sure. one. Uh, first one I got are the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, man, oh man, you go from being one of the best teams in the Western Conference two years ago to now the Thunder. I mean, who, who are they going to have? I mean, Chris Paul, yeah, he's you know Chris Paul, but he is no way, shape, or form being uh, that same player that he was, you know, 2011. Uh, losing Westbrook and Paul George is going to be it's going to hurt them I mean again who's going to do the scoring for them uh, that explosiveness they just don't have it um, getting Darius Baisley in the draft was good getting Shea Gillis Alexander uh, in that trade was, was good but they're just they didn't do themselves any good uh, losing George and Westbrook the other one I had were the Golden State Warriors, and this could—I mean, this could be an easy one, just because you—you know—you lose Kevin Durant, um, such a dynamic player. Even though he was, again, he's hurt for the year. If, if he was still in Golden State, he wouldn't have been able to play. But still, you lose a, a player at that caliber, and you also lose Demarcus Cousins. You know, that's—that's that's not going to help him at all. I do like that they got D'Angelo Russell. I think he's a he's a bulldog type of guard, and he's really got a lot of potential. And he, we haven't gotten to see the best side of him yet. Uh, and obviously, having Draymond Green and Steph Curry, it doesn't kill the Warriors, but it also didn't losing those those guys didn't help them at all this offseason. Gotcha. Yeah the <clears throat> the Thunder are like the Pelicans, but uh, at least three steps back. You've got the big, you got the big guy in Chris in Chris Paul, but he's, of course, quite a few years older than Zion. So you got a guy, you got a great player towards the end of his career rather than at the beginning. You have a young core, but <laughs> it's it's looking towards a rebuild for the Thunder. Credit to credit where credit is due, though. Sam Presti loaded his his next few years of drafts. Oh, for sure, for sure, and and I think that. You know, you got to get that's that's where you build your program and you, you don't free agency's nice but you build your core in the draft definitely another um you know, like you said another loser kind of de facto because of their expectations as golden state because losing kd it puts draymond back to to his position before kd which could help could hurt we'll find out soon but um Golden State will most likely not make the finals this year, and <laughs> if you're if you're a Warriors fan, um, <laughs> you're gonna have to relish the the five straight finals you were in. And also another comment: the Oklahoma City Thunder, the 2012 Thunder are looking more and more like the 2014 Detroit Tigers. <laughs> well, and that comparison being, you had KD, Westbrook, and Harden, and you couldn't win the championship. Tigers. You had David Price, Max Scherzer, Justin Verlander, and you couldn't win the World Series? <laughs> a 
looking yeah. looking more and more like a team that way underperformed. <laughs> that 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 still baffles me to this day when you think about it. I mean, that's having those type of players, and, and to think if we were we went back five years from now, would we be talking about you know? Oh, in five years, James Harden, Durant, and, and Westbrook will be on separate teams, and none of them had a finals when they were together. It's just incredible. Yeah. And the thing was, the Miami Heat at that time were great. And I I remember picking NBA brackets around high, in high school because I was a junior at that time. I was the only one in the entire school that picked OKC to win the finals. And everybody <laughs> thought it was nuts. Well, <laughs> they were three games away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so your winners and losers of the offseason. Now we're going to play a little game that I like to play in the NBA and you've listened to this before as you listened to the show with Shooters Touch IA. You told me before, one in and one out. Eastern Conference, one team that made the playoffs that's going to find their way out, one team that missed the playoffs that's going to find their way in this season. Well, I'm hoping you'll still keep me on this podcast when I say this. I'll start with who I think is out. I think the Pistons, although they were in the playoffs last year, I just don't think. I think they'll be the team that defines their way out uh, this year. Okay, uh, we're done. <laughs> no, no, continue. <laughs> continue. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, You're fine. No, but no, I, I, I think it's tough. I think when when I when I was thinking about this question, it really was hard because you look at the eight playoff teams last year, and really, I don't think in the Eastern Conference, at least, a lot of those teams, you know, lost a lot. In terms of the Pistons, I really do agree with your comment when you thought they were the loser because of the fact they didn't really get anyone. I just don't think they've got the the personnel that they're going to be able to, to hang with a, a Milwaukee Bucks team again. Um, I I love Luke Kennard. Uh, like I was telling you before the show, yeah. him being from Dayton and seeing him make it to the NBA has been great. He had a really good postseason last year, especially uh, hitting the three ball. But Blake Griffin is not the same Blake Griffin as he was before. Derrick Rose, definitely not the same Derrick Rose from several years ago. I just don't think this Pistons team will be able to to repeat that uh, playoff appearance. Gotcha. But this will surprise you. My one team out is also Detroit. And it's because, like I, like I had said, they didn't do a lot to improve themselves in the offseason, but they didn't hurt themselves. They're... The Pistons are playing the Los Angeles Clippers game of pre-2018. Will Blake Griffin stay healthy? If he does, Blake Griffin is an all-star. If he doesn't, your team is screwed. We saw that firsthand in Detroit the past season and a half, to which Blake Griffin almost almost made Detroit the playoffs two years ago, and he did make the playoffs last year, but... If he can't stay healthy, they're out. You're one team in. This is probably going to surprise you. Um, I'm going to say the Bulls. Um, they're young, and I'm sure people look at their roster and say, well, why, why would you think a, a team that went 22-6 and is going to make the playoffs? I like their young group. I really like that they got Kobe White. Again, I was talking about having the Hawks getting a winner and DeAndre Hunter. I think the Bulls got that in Kobe White being at North Carolina. He's a winner. He's one of the more athletic guards. He, he knows how to play in a structured program. I think that he's got 
some good potential there with having Zach Levine. He's clearly bounced back from that ACL tear in February 2017. I think Laurie Markkinen, now if he can stay healthy, he can be a great two-way player. I just think that it, it's going to be tough, and if they do get in, they're not going to be a, a, a four or higher. I'm thinking more like an eight seed potentially, but I think the Bulls could, could potentially do it. And I think of the the teams that didn't make it last year, I truly think they've got the best shot of, of getting in this year. Gotcha. Um, that one's interesting. I had read a, um, I'd read from either NBC Sports Chicago or someone out of that area also picked the Bulls to be the eight seed, which I'm a bit skeptical on. I'm not a big fan of Jim Boylan taking over that, that full head coaching job, and it's because I thought there were other coaches out there that could have they they could have brought back Tibbs, but that's just me. Uh, <clears throat> I'll take Miami as my one team out that's going in, and it's because they got Jimmy Butler. Yes, the Deion Waiters thing is a bit problematic, but Pat Riley knows what he's doing. He suspended Deion Waiters, and Deion Waiters, to me, it seems like a bit of a fool. It's like you would rather be the great star on a bad team rather than the sixth man on a really good team. Good for you. Be you. But with Jimmy Butler and that and that core that they have with Justice Winslow and now Tyler Hero, they could they could definitely make the playoffs. Give me Miami as my one team out that's going in. <clears throat> Western Conference. Who's who's out? Uh, again, I think it, I think this is an easy one. The Thunder. Uh, they just they just don't have. Again, like I was saying earlier, they just don't have that personnel uh, to compete with a Western Conference that I think got is still very strong. Uh, just looking in their division alone, I think Minnesota. They're you know Minnesota is still looks solid with Carl Anthony Towns. But I don't see the Thunder being able to compete with the likes of Portland and Denver and Utah. And those teams, to me, are locks for the playoffs. I just think this is going to be kind of a down year, and I think it's an easy one to say the Thunder will not be going back to the playoffs. I could argue for Minnesota as well not making the playoffs, but this one is also an easy answer, OKC. Rebuilding squad, Chris Paul will lead them to probably 25, 30 wins. But... This isn't the Eastern Conference. Unlike 30 years ago, 29 wins will not make you the playoffs. Just ask the Clippers. <laughs> now you're one team that's that's fighting their way in. This one's probably I think this one's probably easy as well, but but go ahead. Are we thinking the Lakers? We are thinking the Lakers. <laughs> yeah, I just they you look at you know the the, the guy they get Anthony Davis the fact that they were able to get guys like Avery Bradley, like DeMarcus Cousins, if he had been healthy, that would have been great, but they were able to get him. Uh, Danny Green, guys like that. that. The fact that they were able to get players like that experience to go around LeBron and Anthony Davis, uh, to me, gives them the edge. Uh, don't get me wrong. They, in my opinion, are not the best team in Los Angeles. And yes, they have LeBron. And yes, Anthony Davis will help. They're not, they're not beating the Clippers, I don't believe, in the Western Conference. But this team is a lot better than they were last year. Again, Anthony Davis is going to really help them. He, he really was helping them in the, in the preseason. And hopefully LeBron will finally get his uh, first appearance in the playoffs in the Western Conference. I'm not the biggest fan of trading the house for one player, but in the NBA it really doesn't matter that much. 
So, yes, the Lakers will make the playoffs. Um, Anthony Davis is a star player that you could arguably give up the house for, as the Lakers basically did. Um, if the Lakers don't make the playoffs, then obviously something is wrong internally, not with the, with the product that they're putting out onto the, onto the, onto the hardwood. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. And I think, too, with the Lakers a lot last year, we could have credited it to not just with uh, not having Davis, but the youth they had, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma, they didn't have that playoff experience. Now you've got playoff experience. You know, Rajon Rondo and Avery Bradley have playoff experience. Danny Green has a finals uh, experience. They've got the experience now to get into the playoffs. It's just a matter of, like you said, they got to take care of business on the floor and keep any personal stuff uh, to the side. This is the National Basketball Association. Do you need assistance? Here is Ray John Rondo's personal phone number, and he can assist you. <laughs> Ray John Rondo, the assist machine in the NBA. <laughs> Absolutely. With that being said, um, we're kind of we're just over halfway through the NBA coverage, so let's let's kind of focus on college a little bit. The AP Top Twenty Five came out today. MSU being number one, which hopefully both of us do not like but have to accept because MSU is a powerhouse. <laughs> Agreed. Um, what, are, what are our initial thoughts on the top 25? I actually did not get a chance to look at it just right. yet. Um, Michigan State, though, at number one, it doesn't surprise me, but I, I, I don't know what to think with them. I think Cassius Winston is... Uh, one of the better players in in the in the country. I think he's one of the he's a proven winner and a great floor leader. I like some of the personnel that he's got around him. I just look at Michigan State. I don't I don't look at them as the the best team in the country. Um, me personally, I'm a big fan of uh, Duke. I think again, getting the class that they got. Yes, they're freshmen. Yes, it's hard to win with freshmen. But me personally, I think Duke should have been the uh, preseason number one. But you know, that's that's what the season's for. We can we we love to talk about this stuff now. But you know, once the season starts, we'll be able to actually see who truly should be where they should be ranked. Yeah, preseason doesn't or uh, preseason top twenty-five doesn't mean all that much. I mean, look at look at Florida State football two year two or three years ago. Um, when they played Alabama, is basically the game of the game of the decade, one versus two or one versus three. Uh, Francois tears his ACL; they go six and six. How 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 meaningful was the preseason number three ranking then? Didn't mean a damn thing. Same thing here with Michigan State. Yes, they're loaded, but this is the thing, and Michigan State fans will agree with me, as I'm, believe it or not, friends with a lot of state fans. I know it kind of stinks, but. It's what it is. Um, Michigan State is the hungry underdog. When they're when they're not being looked at, when they're you know when they're being overlooked, when they people think ah they won't make the tournament, that's when they'll make their big run. When they're ranked number one, when they, people think oh they could be an NBA team, which okay that's over exaggerating, but you get my point. They underperform. That's what I. That's how I think State's going to be this year. I think they're going to underperform. They're going to they're going to get their twenty wins. They're going to make the NCAA tournament. But right now, as I see it, first weekend exit. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. I can see that. I 
I think is Tom Izzo. Don't get me wrong. Tom Izzo is a great coach. Yes. And he's you know he's proven that he's truly a Hall of Fame coach. But I I mean I just don't I don't think this Michigan State team is as good as last year's team. And again, time will tell. But I would agree with you. I think a first weekend exit sounds about right. The classic Asia tune. Only time will tell. <laughs> exactly. So switching back to um, the end, the top twenty-five was pretty much Michigan State, and then the Blue Bloods pretty much took over two through ten, and then about that's that's about how it went. So with that, switching back to the NBA MVP conversation, we had the big Giannis versus Harden conversation last year, which honestly I felt if it were if we were looking at just the regular season. I felt Harden should have been the MVP. If we included playoffs, Giannis all the way. MVP this year, who takes it? I I you know it took me some time to go through this because I, I have a, a little different, I, I should say different, I have specific criteria I sometimes look at for MVP. One of the sure. biggest things I look at is if, to me, an MVP, uh, if you take that player off that team are they still good an MVP in my opinion if you take that player off a team uh, that team should not be as good that's just one criteria for example that being said I think Giannis is my MVP favorite James Harden definitely uh, right behind him at number two my thing with Harden is I don't know what his numbers are going to look like now that you've got Russell Westbrook with him as well you could get I mean, I don't think his numbers will be the same. You put two guys with with egos, two guys that are scoring guards. You know, there's only a certain amount of points that can go around and the ball in minutes, and you know, those two definitely will be the go-to guys in Houston. But what's the the scoring going to look like? Um, so to me, I think Giannis is is my MVP MVP pick. He just does so much for Milwaukee. He's such a great player on both ends of the floor a difference maker his length it's so hard to guard him so hard to um, contain him on the perimeter or in the paint I think he truly you take him off this Milwaukee team I don't think Milwaukee's as good um, but I'd say Giannis Harden and then I wrote down LeBron and Donovan Mitchell as well as two kind of uh, also rands for this as well gotcha right now yes with um <clears throat> With Westbrook being on Houston now, that definitely diminishes Harden's MVP stock, and it's because, like you had said, we're talking about the most valuable player, not necessarily the best player. And a lot of, uh, in all four, four sports, they tend to vote for best player, which makes sense, but the, the term MVP means most valuable player. And I had felt that last year with with all of Harden scoring, and with Harden being hurt for us for a little while, same thing with Giannis. Houston didn't look like the world beaters that they looked like with Harden, and that's how that's why I'd felt Harden deserved it. But Giannis, um, Giannis being hurt, Milwaukee perhaps looked worse, and I could see why people picked Giannis. And when and playoff production really trumped everything in that in that perspective with Giannis, Giannis all day last year, this year. I could see Giannis repeating. Now, it's very, very hard to repeat as MVP because people are, once you win the MVP, people watch you a lot more. And when <laughs> when you have that limelight, when you have that exposure, people tend to look at others and perhaps, perhaps consider them as MVP. LeBron and Donovan Mitchell are also good choices. 
Um, another sleeper pick, I think, could be Blake Griffin if he stays healthy. Because once Blake Griffin was off the floor for Detroit, Detroit stunk. When Blake Griffin on the floor, Detroit looked like world beaters, especially when he started in Detroit. So if Blake Griffin can stay healthy, just stay healthy for 82 games, he has a chance. But front runner in the clubhouse right now has to be Giannis. There, there really isn't much, isn't much argument there. <clears throat> and honestly, you made that. I think also, uh, I'll be interested to see with Giannis. Obviously, uh, the size differential won't be as much. But Indiana got Malcolm Brogdon, who yes. was Giannis' former teammate. Brogdon is known to be one of the better defensive players in the league. I'll be curious to see how the Pacers, who are a division rival to the Bucks, how they'll guard Giannis, if, if Brogdon will have anything to do with it or not. That could tamper with um, some of Giannis' stats with, you know, with Brogdon and with Griffin on for the Pistons. You know, that that, that could definitely see his stats uh, diminish a little bit as well. Also, what what hasn't been talked about a lot, Miritich went back home to Spain. Miritich was a three-point shooter in Chicago and a three-point shooter in Milwaukee. You lose that three-point depth. Yes, absolutely. I mean, they're lucky that they were able to get Chris Middleton back. Um, I, I thought for sure for a while there they were going to lose him in the offseason. It's good they got him back because they had lost both. Um, you know, they would have really not had much shooting on the, on the uh, roster. Gotcha. So with that being said, now our preseason finals predictions. Of course, this, you could go just about any route. Except for except for the Suns or the Magic, but I mean, if you seriously pick that, yeah, I mean, you must be high. <laughs> I hate to say it, but it's true. Uh, finals predictions: Who you got? Well, I was gonna say the Suns as a joke first, but you know, <laughs> I, I don't want I don't want uh, Stephen A. Smith to call me dumb on a, in his show, so I'll, I'll avoid the Suns for now. Stay um, off the damn weed. <laughs> I can't believe you said that on the air. Got a little Anyway, um, in the West, I got the Clippers coming out. East, I got the 76ers. And then my finals, I've got, again, like I said when I was talking about the winners, I got the Clippers winning it preseason. I think they've got the best uh, group, adding Kawhi and adding Paul George, having guys like Patrick Beverly on the defensive end and Montrez Harrell. Defense wins championships in my mind. And I think in the Eastern Conference, Philadelphia is got the best starting five. Ben Simmons has vastly improved from a only being able to slash and, and dunk the ball to now having a little bit, not much, but a little bit more range. Uh, having him and Joel Embiid, you know, they're going to come out of the East, but they just will not be able to to match up well with the Clippers. So uh, October twenty first, twenty nineteen, I'm taking the Clippers to win in six. Alrighty, Clippers over the Sixers. For me, coming out of the Western Conference, I also have the Clippers. I think it's going to be a battle of L.A. for the Western Conference Finals, and it's going to go seven games with the Clippers winning by three on a Kawhi buzzer beater, just like how he sunk the Sixers. As for the... Yeah. <laughs> if you've listened to the show often, I make I make these kind of bold predictions that never that really don't work out, but as a, as people have said, a broken clock is right twice a day. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah. 
In the East, I have a, a conference final of Milwaukee and the Sixers, with Milwaukee winning in six. I think the experience that Milwaukee had from the Eastern Conference Finals, um, experience is the best teacher in my mind. And losing in the way that they did to Toronto, with basically going after winning what twelve or eleven straight playoff games, as as it seemed as it seemed like, yep. um, Milwaukee's going to remember that, and they're going to be more motivated this year than seemingly ever before in Milwaukee. With with the Sixers, though, they do have the best starting five, and um, like I like we had said, Brooklyn has a little has still a little ways to go, even though they dread they have they got Kyrie and KD. Give me Milwaukee in the East right now. So October twenty first, I have the Clippers and Milwaukee in the NBA Finals. Give me the Clippers in seven. I think Milwaukee will make it a tough NBA Finals series. Um, if they make it there, if the Sixers make it there, they perhaps could win it. It's gonna be it's gonna be a real battle either way. But on October twenty first, give me the Clippers in seven over the Bucks. <clears throat> so with that being said, um, we go to our famed final question on this show. Uh, anything else you have to add to this wonderful Tom Green podcast? Um, I, I do not. I really appreciate you having me on. Uh, it was great talking some NBA. Um, I'm so used to hearing Stephen A. Smith and Max Kellerman complain all the time to each other and argue with each other. It's nice to just have a good conversation about it. And, um, yeah, again, I just really appreciate it, Tom. Definitely. You, you know, I think the Knicks are going to be a great NBA team this year. They might make the finals. That is blasphemy, Max. you got to be kidding me. Stay off the weed. You come on now. Thanks, Stephen A. and Max, for that for that input. <laughs> <laughs> they, they were my guests right behind me on this show. Of course, you can feel the sarcasm when I say that. But <laughs> I had to throw in some blasphemy. And don't you dare be disrespectful. <laughs> and... And of course, my last thing I'll say is with with Mar Detroit Lions and referees, a famous Stephen A. line. I'm so sick of these people. Uh, you know. Ooh. <laughs> Some Stephen A. impersonation on this show. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. He is Tony Peters, writing for Ohio Sports Prep from Southwestern Ohio, and this has been. The Tom Green Podcast.